a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, as we continue to monitor and watch the spending going on. Of course, in Washington, D.C., we spent a a good deal of time yesterday going through some of the waste, fraud, and abuse that uh, has taken place just in the last year. $400 billion uh, just from the uh, uh, fraudulent unemployment checks, uh, 70% of which came from out of the country. Uh, we also noted that there was uh, a good, I can't remember if it was hundred or $200,000 spent for scuba equipment for Uganda uh, as part of the COVID relief package. But uh, we're not going to have that in the state of Utah, but uh, the reason we won't, and part of our secret sauce that we were talking about earlier in terms of the success of the state and why businesses want to come here because of the certainty, uh, has to do with a position that in most states uh, it is uh, unknown and, and, and not discussed. Uh, and that is the role of the auditor. Uh, Utah has what I like to call America's auditor, <laughs> John Frugal Dougal. Uh, and uh, he joins us on the line today, having just completed a really crucial audit that is a real uh, real eye-opener for me. John, thanks for joining us today. Boyd, always great to be with you. So tell us just a, kind of a broad brush first uh, in terms of your audit. What were you looking for? What was the uh, impetus behind getting that done? Well, every year we do what's called the single audit. That is the federal funds compliance audit. And so we're looking at different federal programs uh, to monitor compliance with federal regulation. Um, Unfortunately, the state of Utah is heavily dependent on federal funds. And so we go in and we're looking at that on behalf of the federal government to indicate which programs seem to be complying with the rules and which ones are not and where the weaknesses are. And sometimes some of that money gets clawed back by the federal government because of noncompliance. But that is something we look at every year. And we had an odd experience this past year is usually we're done with this in December. Mm. And our guidance for the audit because of CARES Act and so forth didn't actually come out until two days before Christmas. So after we're typically done with the audit is when we finally got the the audit guidance. Mm. And so we were late getting that out this year just because we're waiting on the federal government to indicate what they wanted us to look at and how to go about that. But we use a risk-based scenario to say, where are the biggest risks? And we go look at those kind of programs. All right. And as uh, part of that, you looked at uh, the fact that Utah spent more than $6.7 billion in federal funds uh, just during the pandemic. That was the pandemic portion there. And uh, you looked at the oversight of that, uh, some of the challenges to that. And as you said, looking at what are the the risks, what are the things that we got to make sure we handle different or better moving forward? What were some of the things that were surprising to you coming out of the audit? Well, first thing I want to flag for you, Boyd, is you talked about that $6.7 billion. That is a jump of over $1.5 billion from the previous year. That is a huge, huge increase in federal money coming into the state of Utah. Um, One of the things that happened is, as a result, you had the state and various local governments that were quickly pivoting. Think about the, the governor's office gets a whole boatload of money, and within a few weeks, they got to have rules in place. they got to start deploying it out to local governments, trying to monitor and make sure folks are complying with it. And that's a huge, huge uphill battle, especially for an office that doesn't typically deal with federal grants, 
they have to pivot on a dime to try and put all that in place. And so, so while we noted weaknesses there, we also noted um, the significant effort they did in the difficult and short time frame that they had to operate. Um, clearly, as you look around the states, uh, from an audit perspective, um, typically one of the things we talk about is if it's not documented, it's not done. And we saw certain cases as we looked around the state of certain activities that weren't documented or they lacked the justification of how spending complied with COVID requirements. And so we expressed some concerns and some weaknesses there when it came to those activities. Um, fundamentally, though, one of the biggest concerns that I have as an auditor is, is here we see something we call the golden rule. And it's not the one we're used to growing up learning about. This is where whoever holds the gold controls what folks do. They set the rules. And so that's the federal government starts handing out these dollars. And whether or not the expenditure makes sense to uh, uh, the state or local government, all of a sudden folks start pivoting to say, how do we comply with the rules so we can get the money? Even if the spending is not necessarily as effective as we want, these are the hoops we got to jump through to get that money. Yeah. And that often leads to a lot of that. We talk about the strings coming with the federal money uh, from Washington and uh, how those things tend to, to grow over time. Uh, I also wanted to just well, Boyd, get, oh, go ahead. those strings, a little string and a little string and a little string <laughs> over time, it ties you down and you can't move. Yes. And that's what I wanted to get to was uh, this idea of uh, clearly with a, an, a, an additional one point five or so billion dollars coming into the state. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen all the time. And and are we at risk with this kind of flush cash coming in from from Washington that suddenly we become very dependent and then maybe that gets cut off or it gets weighing down. It's, it's kind of the teaser rate to a credit card is what it feels like to me. Uh, and are we really putting our future at risk by taking a lot of these funds, uh, not knowing if they're sustainable? Well, and I would suggest that over time, historically, they are not sustainable. If you look at the interstate program created in the mid fifties, the federal government was paying upwards of 80% for construction and maintenance of the interstate. Over time, when uh, we rebuilt um, I-15 here in Utah County, that was all state dollars. Mm. No federal dollars involved in that reconstruction effort. And so, yes, the federal government loves to get folks on the hook with some money. And then as that money goes away, um, folks, uh, you know, constituencies and advocacy groups have been created who then champion for the legislature or local governments to keep spending the dollars, even though the federal money went away. And so it is really easy to become beholden to the federal government and then on the hook for their agenda, even when they stop funding it. Yeah. So as we, as we kind of wind down this uh, particular audit, and as you start looking forward, as all good auditors do, uh, what's on your horizon? What are you concerned about? What are you hopeful for uh, moving forward? Well, one of the key things is I hope, um, and I anticipate our legislature and governor will be cautious at a state level um, as this money comes rolling in and uh, trying to not spend it immediately and trying to be cautious with what takes place. Unfortunately, I'd probably prefer that it didn't come in, mm. um, that back in Congress they were much more responsible and accountable. I believe at some point somebody has to pay the bills, and this funny money that just keeps coming in uh, is reckless and irresponsible. And then when I hear folks talk about having to raise taxes, uh, that's very concerning. Um, I recognize the impacts it has on day-to-day Americans, day-to-day Utahns, as well as on our businesses. And so all of that is very concerning as I look at what's going on in, in D.C. 
All right. Fantastic. John Dougal, uh, join us on the line. Always appreciate your perspective. Appreciate your hard work. Great audit report. Uh, important things for all of us to think about as this money continues to flow in and out of the state. That oversight is critical. Uh, and what we do with that federal money. Uh, again, don't uh, don't be deceived. Uh, this is not free. Uh, nothing is free. And uh, we have to make sure we keep that going. John Dougal, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Uh, always appreciate the uh, the auditor's report there. And I know that sounds really geeky because I am not a numbers guy in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but these are numbers that matter to us. They matter to our children and our grandchildren. They matter to people who haven't even been born yet and whose parents haven't even met yet. Uh, appreciate the good work of John Dougal. we got to be more responsible when it comes to our money. All right, we're going to step aside for Top of the Hour News. Stay with us. Hour number two, we're going to talk about a little preview for you for President Biden and Vladimir Putin coming up next on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.